listeners of the chat and welcome to a very special episode. It's not quite our season three premiere just yet. However, we thought we would join together to discuss the 47th annual Daytime Emmy Awards, which aired last night on CBS. Before we get into all the winners of the night and the ones who we thought were snubbed, let's talk to our co-host. Tiggs, how are you? I'm doing swell, Casey. How are you? I'm doing great. And Alan Walters, how are you? I'm currently not ashes, so I'm great. And Rodney O'Donnell, how are you? Uh, I'm doing good, but more or less was robbed again. I'll get into that later. And D. Kelly Lang, how are you? <laughs> no, you didn't, bitch. No, you didn't. You know what? It's fine. I am feeling bold and very beautiful right now. Thank you. <laughs> well, anyway, let's just hop into the daytime Emmys as a whole. Um, this, for this, we'll discuss mainly the production, um, how it was pre-recorded, and everything in between. So on a scale of one to five, D, what would you give this year's Daytime Emmy Awards? Uh... Considering that I wasn't there, um, probably a 3.75. And then, Alan, what about you? What is your uh, 1 to 5 scale grade for this year's Emmys? I'll give them a 4, just because it was extraordinary circumstances. It was washable. It was good for what it was. And, Rodrigo, what about you? Um, I'm going to give it a solid 5, just the fact that it made it on the air was a miracle in itself, but the actual show, <laughs> okay, I'll give it a five. <laughs> because, yeah. <laughs> but Tiggs, what about you? What's your score? I, I give it a five, like, because I didn't know what we were walking into. I thought it was going to be some bullshit-ass Zoom call meeting, but CBS did a great job. We didn't have to deal with no cheesy-ass bullshit intro. No corny shit like that. I was satisfied with the majority of the winners. Everybody looked cute. They were chilling at home at the crib. It was well put together. I liked the moments and stuff like that. She was cute. Um, I have to say that I'm going to give it a four. Um, I thought it was well, very damn. well done. <laughs> I thought it was oh, very well done. Oh, I thought you said a four. No, four. Casey said a four. I thought you said you gave it a four. I'm like, damn, Casey, you don't get a oh. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, a four out of five. Um, I thought it was very well done pre-recorded wise. I would have loved maybe like a great montage. I love the Emmy moments that they picked, but maybe like a Days of Our Lives 55th anniversary montage or something like that. Just to give it a little more extra oomph, I feel like they could have done something since they did pre-record it, a little something extra besides Variety's best moments from the daytime Emmys. And that's, yeah. why, that's why I gave it 3.75. I'm like, y'all had time to plan this out. You could have did something a little bit more jazzy. I'm just saying. You had time. Oh, and also, I didn't like the announcer. I know that's a little bit nitpicky, but I really didn't. Uh, of course, there's yeah, house hunters. Yeah, it was. It was very just like, CBS gave me a check, so I'm going to talk to you guys like this. Let me find it. This is a house. 
I'm so glad y'all hopped on my 3.75 rating now. Thank you. <laughs> it kind of sounds no, like an infomercial, too. Like, they could have did, like, instead of doing, like, like they could have just did the montages, like, how they used to do back in the day for all the soaps. It's only four soaps on the air. So, like, you know, at, like, the, like, like at the at the 15-minute mark, they could have did, you know, just did them all in alphabetical order. They could have did I used to love order. those montages. Yeah. yeah With some great music part. and... Yeah. yeah. Oh, just show clips over the past year. Even though they were mostly shitty, besides besides they, and then like GH would come, they'd always have the fire music. They'd have the good music. They do like the best of the best. And if you didn't watch that show daily, you thought GH was shit. Well, see, no, I always thought as the world turns during the Hogan Shepherd, like when Hard to Breathe by Maroon Five would play. Oh, I was so ready. Ugh. Cause yeah, they well, did that throughout the show before the commercial breaks, like. At the 15 minute mark, exactly. 45 minute mark, 15 minute mark, oh. 45 minute mark, and then had Kelly Ripper finally bring her ass on, acting like she give a fuck about the soaps. Do you remember when she Mary, Mary J. Blige No More Drama was oh. a hit, and then she oh. had that for the Young and the Restless montage? I was like, ah, oh. that was some good shit back in the day. But these montages now. When they I was did NSYNC, like, when GH did NSYNC. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Like, like when, when God and Light was going off the air and they did that montage for God and Light and they played with Giannis to take a bow. Oh, yes. But we yeah. don't really discuss the Ellen Wheeler extravaganza montage. Um, but anyway, let's hop in. He's <laughs> <laughs> so shady. Oh, he did drive by shady. That's the only thing I remember about that montage was my Maureen Bauer. When she told Ed's punk ass, that's not good enough for my daughter and it's certainly not good enough for me. You acted that with great precision. Um, speaking of acting, <laughs> let's hop into the acting categories. Um, we'll start off with Outstanding Younger Performer. Um, of course, we've already discussed how it was head scratcher to overlook the young male performers. In the um, of course, it was head scratcher for that announcer to say Kaye instead of Kelly. Um, but the nominations in that category um, I was just surprised to see uh, Caitlin McMullen in there. Um, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> and overall, Surprise. I didn't even like her clip snippet. Um, but anyway, Alan, what are your overall thoughts um, on the category that we got to see the real snippets uh, last night? And what did you think of Olivia taking it? Well, overall, it was a pretty weak category because only two. People thought were real contenders for Olivia and Eden. I wanted Eden to win, but I'm satisfied with Olivia winning. She's a great actress. A couple of years ago, she's kind of meh on the acting, but she's gotten better. So, Dee, I know that a lot of people um, were shocked that Eden McCoy from General Hospital didn't take it. So, Ooh. were you with those people, Ooh. or did you think Ooh. that? <laughs> Casey, Casey, who Ooh. said that? And I love you. <laughs> Did you who said that? <laughs> who? Who? You see this card and you see the name that's on there. Firestarter. I already knew she was the I one was... to beat, baby. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Olivia brought it. She did crazy and actually made you feel sorry for her and made you actually want to root against Sierra. Okay? Uh, 
Eden did okay, and I'm trying not to like judge it based on who her co-star was and that trash storyline she was in. She worked it with what she had, which is what I can say for any actor or actress on General Hospital of the past year. Thank you very much. <laughs> but uh, the second they announced it, I knew that that was Olivia. Like, I didn't even really look at the rest of the candidates. So I don't know who... Uh, I must follow a whole bunch of Days of Our Lives fans because we already knew who won that award before it even started. I'm just saying. I have to say, I think Olivia has truly grown so much as a performer based mm -hmm. on what the show has invested in her. And honestly, you know, when the teenagers started on Days of Our Lives back around 2015, um, to me, she was the only one that I saw could have potential to grow as the years went on. Oh, and, she's the last, you know, here she is, last one standing from that. She's the last of the survivors from that yeah. from that era. So like, yeah, that shows that tells you a lot. And she was my pick too. So like I was very happy that Olivia Rose Keegan won because I just remember Olivia Rose Keegan, you know, when you said her name, we saw her performances early on. It wasn't that good to me. She but grew. She grew, and once Ron came in there, I was like, oh, I can take this. I can take, you know, Ron likes to write crazy. Ron loves crazy characters. Mm -hmm. Took this one girl who is part, part Brady, part, um, part Black, and... <laughs> <laughs> I know what you mean, but still. What, what you mean? <laughs> <laughs> you took a character that's so multi-layered, like part of history is like, you turned her into a batshit crazy character, but you made you, but she made you feel sorry for the character. And I was like, wow, she really nailed that part. Now the rumors are that Olivia, you know, I don't know if y'all heard, Olivia, you know, may be off and it might be recasting um, Claire from what I was told, but if that's the case, she went out with a bang because she got her little Emmy, she got her Emmy and she's about to, do her little prime time thing. So I'm not mad at that win. That was a great win. One of the best wins I saw last night. So I mean she I she was barbecuing everybody. How how yeah. did you let me be quiet. How did you honestly think she she human she was human barbecuing everybody? Like like she was like she was a grill master. She was the best. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> well, you know, and Olivia Rose really met her James E. Riley in Ron Calabarti, you know, when James E. Riley got a hold of Sammy, you know, he taught Allie how to act through the material. And, you know, that's how I believe Olivia Rose Keegan finally got it. You know, Ron said, I get this character. I know what Olivia can do. And now she has an Emmy. So Tiggs, what did you think of Olivia winning? I loved it. Like, like, yeah, I want, I, I would have been fine with eating too. The rest of them children, baby, please. But <laughs> Olivia, like even back then when people were talking about, oh, she couldn't act and blah, blah, blah. I always liked her from the beginning. I'm like, she's young, she's selfish, she's vapid. That's how girls her age act. So Claire never really bothered me. But yes, like you said, Casey, you know, Ron really gets the character. I mean, this girl, she's so royalty. Like you are the grandchild of John and Marlena and Bo and Hope. Like, there's nowhere else to go but up. Or, or down if you're going to burn down some bitches. But yeah, like, I mean, when they go back into production, they need to put that girl on contract. They really do. Like, I know she probably want to go out and do other things, but look, 
the COVID got bitches shook. They scared, okay? Well, unless you unless you came in. <laughs> but um, yeah, like I, I'm happy for her. Like she did. What she all did. I'm saying. Diggs, I loved what you said, a contract, because all I'm saying is that Melissa Reeves' money can afford a contract for her and a Sierra recast when Victoria goes. So there you go. <laughs> um, I'm, just, I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. Ken, allocate them funds. Damn it. Yes. I think Olivia was probably... Well, she was one of my favorite wins of the night. Yeah. But no, and I still call that young performer category bullshit. Go back to the younger lead actor and actress next year. I know they will be all inclusive. There's not enough actors for that to justify yeah. it. There's only that, that's what hours. I said last night, D. Like there are, I can see if we had like, you know, maybe five or ten, you know, non-binary, trans, younger actors under the age of 25, that would be fine, but we don't. The only trans actor we got is Liz's little friend on GH. So nobody give a damn about her. And ain't she 40? Nobody can. So it's just like, and she would go by actress anyway. So like, no. I, I hate that all the actors were shut out. Because that little boy that plays Cameron and Michael Miller, they should have been in the dog fight, goddammit. Even Casey Moss's punk ass. They should have been in a dog fight. And they was. But how y'all gonna do something like that and have all, all of the talents like women? Well, all I'm saying is Thea Magia could have been swapped out. I'm like, ooh. No, <laughs> that could have been William Lipton's spot. They could have no, just had six nominees. And it could have just been three yeah, males. Three men, three, yeah. three men, three women. And they it, they could have did the cheeky little, you know, tie they love to do. We have a tie, guys. It just gave one. Two, <laughs> what the fuck four. was that? <laughs> <laughs> well, well y'all um, they love I, doing that time when they come to support. I think that everybody uh, stands united and, and was very happy when it came to the Outstanding Supporting Actor category. Brighton James took it home for his work as Devon Hamilton on The Young and the Restless. Um, Alan, let's go to you first. What did you think of Bright, Brighton beating out the five other men in that category? Well, it makes sense. He did a great, did a great performance, though hopefully the Saints would fucking swear for Brighton. They fucking treat him like shit story-wise on that show. He's fucking basically a day player story-wise. It's fucking bullshit. And when they get back to the production, they should write a story for him because, number one, he's very talented. Number two, in real life, he's banging his real-life partner on the show. Use that, you dumb fucks. That started off very light and ended very strong. Um <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to you. What did you think of Brighton taking it home? Who, me? <laughs> Somebody has something going on in the background. I can't hear. Um, uh, as you can tell by my card, it says Brighton James, who should have won last year. And I said, I love you, Chandler, but Brighton won this. Uh, hello. Um, Brighton James is a leading man. They need to start writing him like he's a leading man. They need to give him a leading man storyline. Uh, he is not uh, everybody's go-to. He is not the bank of Devon. Um, they need to give him a legitimate storyline. He is a leading man. He should have been doing a leading man. They need to put him up there in that leading man. Uh, you know I'm still on my mess because he has the best chemistry ever with Michelle Morgan, and they're not even utilizing it. So, you know, your foreigner is just messing up all around. 
they need to quit playing with my dude and give him a storyline that is worthy of him. He is more than just being uh, somebody's bank funding, um, somebody's uh, advice giver. Give him something he can sink his teeth to. And uh, can we stop defunding the black millionaires, billionaires on soaps, please? Uh, it's nice to see a person with color with some money. Stop taking the people with color's money. I'm just saying. Uh, I'm done. Well, and you know, Dee, you bring up a very interesting point, I think, because even though Christoph St. John tragically left us and it couldn't have been helped to not discuss such an integral part of the Young the Restless not being there anymore, notice that all black material won the Young and the Restless their Emmys last night. Yet, you don't even see a Talk black person it. in Genoa City. Well, yeah. well, we've been we've been carrying daytime for years anyway. So okay, that, that, yeah. wasn't anything, that wasn't that wasn't anything new. I knew that Young and the Restless was going to use Neil's funeral yeah. to win that top Emmy, and it worked. It was one of the best episodes last year. I knew they were going to do it. Uh, Rodrigo, what other best episode was there? Come on now. Like, <laughs> I mean, that's all that Josh Griffin had last year was, was Neil's death. He didn't have anything else after that. So, of course, they would use the thing that people actually watched and were cared about. Crying, cared about. We were crying that whole week. Like, you cared about that. But after that, it went right back to normal with the Black characters. So I'm like, okay, now you won this Emmy. Brighton won that Emmy. Bright is the future of that goddamn show, and they, he has been the future of that show for years, and they don't treat him like that. You have characters, you have actors like Mark Roseman that comes in, he gets five days a week of material, um, <laughs> and Brighton has been there for, for over a decade or more, and he still is fighting to get a story, a leading man story. And uh, hopefully, that win, I don't know what Josh and the team are thinking that, like, you got to give the show over to Bright. You have to. It's, it, it's, he's the leading man. He is the leading man of your show. Kristoff is gone. He is taking over that mantle to lead the winter's storyline. And I'm just like, uh, it's not going to end. If they don't do anything about this, I'm just like, okay, Bright's going to keep getting, like, scraps and then like he'll get nominated because right now always gets nominated and stuff but like it's a scrap stuff they give him so hopefully this is a this is a sign of a change to come but i don't know let's okay, fly a plane you, oh, you want to fly a plane D? we can do that yeah let's fly a plane <laughs> shoot I was I was very happy about Devon, about Devon winning, about Brighton winning. I was surprised with Wally Kirk because Wally Kirk is the quintessential supporting actor. I would have been I would over the moon for Paul Teller. But yeah, like what Rodrigo and 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 D said, like I mean, with Christoph being gone, Brighton is the only answer. The band is in his mid thirties. He grown as a motherfucker. It's time to step him up into the goddamn game. It's time for Devon to change his last name to Winners. Don't mind give a fuck about that Hamilton bullshit. He sounds dignified, damn it. <laughs> 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 and, and we gotta keep it as Hamilton for when his mama come back, played by Amelia Marshall. Hint, hint, hint. 
Oh, yes, 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 yes. Okay, yeah. Oh, no. Okay. You're yes. welcome. No harmony. <laughs> oh, good Lord. I hope she changed her name back to Yolanda when she comes back. I don't want that. Yeah, harmony. she needs to be Yolanda when she comes back. <laughs> yeah, <not> harmony. <laughs> we, no. only know, we only recognize Yolanda. But, give my but yes, Debbie, like, Debbie like, Morgan like D said, like I that. just, I hope they give him a storyline worthy of him. They need to really wrap things up with him and, and, and Elena and Amanda and, and uh, Nate. Whole, and, and Nate, that quad, come on. That quad like, has they been have, they waiting have, to leave. They have what it takes. Let's do this. Come on. It's like, what are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? You have all the elements. You have a Nate that everybody actually likes, like universally liked. I mean, you have Brighton. You have Michelle, who is fire with anybody and everybody she comes across. And you have Brighton. What are you doing? What are you doing? Like, it doesn't make sense. I mean, my God, what do you have to lose? Because... Y&R, before it stopped airing its new episodes and was shut down for production, was at like a 4.1. It's like, what do you have to lose now? None. Exactly. What do you have to gain? Oh, viewers, hello. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Like, CBS, uh-uh. Like, if I was Steve Kent, punk ass, the minute they got renewed for another four years, uh-uh. Josh, you the homie, but girl, you got to go you on with the renewed warrant. Okay. No, we got four more years, so we're going to do this shit right. And I am so done. I'm sorry, I love Mark Grossman. He's a great actor. But Adam, to me, is not the young and the restless. You know, it, I'm not interested in Adam anymore. And I'm not interested in Victor at 93 years old trying to one-up Adam. It's tiring. And... You know, they really need to refocus the show around Devon and Elena and Amanda and Nate. And, and that's the thing. That's the thing, like, with the, with the, with the Newman family and with the Abbott family. Like, hello, it, they, they need to refocus both families. Dina needs to die. Jack needs to move into the John Abbott role of the show. Peter Bourbon is 65 years old. Shit. And then move, move on into that patriarch role. And Kyle and Summer need to come with the come on, okay? Yeah, Kyle like that is it. they are fire. What are they doing? Yes. I mean, you I mean, look at Kyle and Summer. You have Newman and Abbott. I mean, how more super couple-ish can you get than that? What are you doing? I'm sorry, you're focusing on Peter all Burbage. the people we don't care about. Bro, Peter Bergman, that chemo needs to be Abby up and Bring chemo back. Bring chemo back. I was and watching the old episode. Abby background. Abby cannot carry the storyline. Why are we doing this? Why are we watching, doing this? Of Paris. I was watching a classic episode last week, Young Residence, and they had the John, the John Men character. I was thinking to myself, mm. why he could have he could have been chemo. I love it. <laughs> but anyway, but Peter, but they, Peter they wants to be here. They need to do a renaissance and a renewal, and they need to focus on the younger Newmans and the younger Abbots, and they need to they need to put Abby out to pasture. How many dudes have to die or get put in the background to make stuff work? I'm saying recast. Julie Marie. Julie Marie. Julie Marie. Julie Marie. Julie Marie. Julie Julie Marie. 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 Jul
Eric Braden. Shit, she would eat Eric Braden oh, for yeah. lunch. She would eat Amelia up real talk. Let's keep it. Oh, I'm sorry, Amelia, babe. And, and that's what they need to do. They need to redesign Abby and turn her into what Victoria Newman was supposed to be. Because Amelia, obviously, she ain't giving that. Oh, no, don't have so the time episodes. Like, don't have the time reruns with, as Victoria. Oh, my God. It's and like, it's like, I love, oh. I love Amelia, but you came after Heather Tom. You have to bring it. You you have oh. to bring it all the time. Consistent. And that, that's been one of the things with that character. They have written that character to Amelia's strengths. And Amelia's strengths are not that character. They have changed, they have changed Victoria's entire personality. Because, yeah, Victoria was a little stern and stuff like that, but she just wasn't ice queen bitch. It's oh, like when Amelia first fire. started, though, when Amelia first started, those like first six months were still consistent with how they wrote Heather Tom's Victoria. The issue came with Lynn Marie Latham and then Maria that Bell and then bitch. Sally Sussman. I gotta be that honest. But Ugh. it was all about making Victoria into this. It's hard out there for a rich white girl, you know. And oh, she's got to fall asleep in Billy's crotch, and she's got to crash her car because you know she can't drive. And I mean, that's what it's been. It's really been because the character doesn't have the right writer anymore, and mm -hmm. everybody piggybacks off of what Lynn Marie Latham wanted that character to be, but they're not piggybacking off of what Bill Bell, Kay Alden, and John F. Smith wanted that character to be. Like, from the day that child was born, Bill Bell told us who she was. Victoria was still playing with Barbie dolls, goddammit, and Brad, Bill Bell told us who the fuck she was. She's not that at 45 years old. She's just not. Nicholas is who he is, a dumbass, but Victoria is not. <laughs> and she's not a school marm. That's how they fucking write her. The no fine school marm. I don't want to see my Victoria Newman at a fucking bake sale, okay? <laughs> and it's so crazy because it's like, it's like, I get you that you write it. Maybe Amelia can do it. Maybe because I liked her on all my children. I liked her on all oh, my I children. Oh, I loved Mia Saunders. Yeah, yeah. Mia, Mia was spunky. She was feisty. She was a scrap. She was scrappy. But then she went to Young and Rebels and was just like, she didn't know where the fuck she was. And didn't didn't want to comb my hair or nothing. Well, Even let's her mama hop told in. Her to comb my hair, she would. Oh let's hop into supporting actress. Um, Ooh, I know God. that this was a upsetting Ooh. category for many. Um, I think all of us just about predicted. Well, okay. We, <laughs> I think all of us who were on the Emmy prediction podcast just about all predicted um, Annika. However, Tamara Braun took home her first Emmy for General Hospital. Um, Not of course, shocked. she previously won um, But yeah, Rodrigo, go ahead, take it away. What did you think of Tams taking it? You know, I'm a number one Tams Brown fan. I didn't like this Kim Narrow character, but Trans. I knew, I knew. <laughs> the thing about Tams, she knows how to do, another one that knows how to do a reel. Because those scenes where Austin died, as soon as I saw that real, I was like, oh, she's going to take it. She's taking that it part. because that part. she's taking that. Because my girl knows how to pick a real. She picked the best real out of all the actresses on that in that category. 
And she took it. And she did the same thing when she was playing Ava, the Avon Days of Our Lives. She won the Emmy for that. And she just knows how to pick a reel. Tandron is an amazing actress. I've never taken that away from her. I just didn't like, I just didn't think they developed this Kim Narrow character the way it should have been developed. And, but she got the last lab and I loved her speech that she did. Um, and I, I, I was happy. I wasn't mad at that win. I mean, my pick was Rebecca Buttig, but you know, it is what it is. But I'm I'm glad for Tam Tamara because it's like she got she got screwed over on this deal with this character because I know this is not what they they had brought to her when she joined the show. So, but she got the last last. So I'm happy for her. Now, Alan. Um a few people um, were also predicting Susan C4K's. Um, so what did you think of Tam's taking it all the way? And were you thinking that somebody else maybe deserved it a little bit more? No shade to Susan C4K's, but no. I do not think that was an Emmy worthy reel. So no. I like her, no shade, but no. But I... I wasn't thrilled with Tamara Broadway winning because Kim was such a pathetic little bishop of character. I thought Anika should have won it. But overall, I get I liked her speech. I like Tamara, but so I'm not too mad about it, but ugh, Kim. I wish he would have died. I hate left ear so fucking much. <laughs> well, okay, moving on. Back to you, Casey. <laughs> well, thank you. Um, and now to D with sports. Um, so D, I know that historically we see the Emmy uh, judging panel does not like a lot of funeral stuff. So do you think that's the reason Crystal maybe didn't get it is because they were seeing too much of that from The Young and the Restless? Uh, I don't think a funeral has anything to do with anything. Um, I think that Crystal didn't get it because she wasn't on enough. I don't think her reel was strong enough, to be honest with you. Um, if I just, I never, I never saw that. I just, I just kind of looked at it like who's consistently brought it. And then like I put on my little card, any voters don't watch daily like we do. So they don't see and apparently they don't look at our comments on social media because if they did I think that they would have taken a second look at who they were selecting in a couple of cases but I just feel like Crystal's real wasn't strong enough to me to overcome I mean let's keep it real Annika should have been in leading actress I mean she her help ate that show I mean she ate the show for three-fourths of the year. There's no reason why she should have been a supporting, but we haven't made it to lead actress yet. I can see why they tried to put her in under supporting. Uh, when you compare their two reels, I felt like her reel was stronger than Crystal's, but it's because Crystal wasn't there long enough, in my opinion, to have anything on there other than reactions. And then in the ones that they showed, like low-key, Brighton took the scenes from her, the ones that she was in and everyone she was in. It's like he, no, I'm sorry, he eclipsed her. So if you're going to pick an Emmy reel, you need to do what Tamara Braun does and play to your strengths and make sure that nobody is outperforming you in your scene. 
don't choose a scene where somebody the focus is on somebody else to the point where you're getting eclipsed that's what i think is what happened in that case but i mean i knew i looked at it and i was like tamra's gonna take this tamra's gonna take it because emmy voters don't watch every day they don't see what we see they don't have to deal with the day in day out and they don't realize that like kim nero was a psycho at the end and she became interesting but they didn't have to deal with avocado toast that we had to deal with for how long <laughs> yeah they they didn't have to deal with the the minutiae of that they also didn't have to deal with hope crying for three-fourths of the damn year but you know it is what it is Not but tam's real oh, tam's real she had a mother mourning a dead child i mean that's gonna eat up emmy voters are gonna eat that shit up oh. Except and, for last year. They, well, <laughs> 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 they're gonna eat that shit up. And Tam, she and like and, and Annika was a lead actress. She was trying to do. Annika. She was trying to do Annika, Anika, whatever her name is. Um, her name she, is Annika. <laughs> Annika. She tried to do the Alicia Moon shoot. Sasha Kaye. Don't do that Alicia Moon shoot shit. Don't put yourself in a supporting character when you know your ass is lead. You are lead actor. You you ate that that's show. Emmy up all that shit. That's it's Emmy politics. That's all Emmy politics. Yeah, she would not have made it to the blue ribbon panel had she been in lead. She wouldn't have made it because they would have gone with a Teo Bangles. Um <laughs> They would have gone with somebody who would have paid their dues more. Um, than she has. I mean, when have we ever known somebody to take it on their first year? Exactly. Uh, <laughs> but I have to say, you know, I think Tam's had the strongest reel in terms of you definitely saw a story. I think she picked, nitpicked some great stuff to make it look like, you know, hey, these judges don't watch this every year. How can I present a story to them? Um, and so I'm not shocked she took it. Um, I think this is a great stride for Annika, though. Um, she was definitely my number one pick, but I can definitely see her getting it um, in future years at some point. Um, so, Tiggs, what did you think of Tam's taking it home? I wasn't surprised. I was not surprised. I mean, she, you know, put her foot into those four years of Carly and didn't get a goddamn nothing. She went to Days of Our Lives for six months, got it in. She got shitted on by GA for two years, got it in. It was a decent, it was a decent story if you saw only one episode. <laughs> Her crying over a child that nobody else gave a fuck about because he couldn't act. And still um, don't care about. <laughs> they 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 just they really shitted on Tams. Like them two years was a waste of fucking time. I I, I guess they want to wait for her to get a paycheck. But yeah, <laughs> just, I, I'm just waiting for Dave to dig up Laura Vitale. Laura Vitale. And it wasn't the story that she was promised. I'm Laura Vitale on YouTube. Abel Vitale. This was not the story she was promised when they. Yeah, I'm pretty she sure it was. Told her about this there was they no told way she would have signed up for this. For I refuse to believe she would have signed up for this. Like, mm -mm. they had it right there. They gave Sonny and Carly another brat to ignore. Kim the baby doc broke the shit out. Like, they never once tried to put her and Mo back together. Why the fuck not? 
They should have had Kim be obsessed with Jason because Jason has Drew's old face. Exactly. Drew's old Hello. face. And they could have used old Jason and Carly flashbacks at Jake's. Yeah. They could have they could have used those old flashbacks with her and Carly, like with Jason at Jake's. They could have been old flashbacks with her and Drew together. They could have did all types of shit. Like the no. same thing they did with um, Wayne Wanthorpe was on there playing the other character. They just used old clips of Roman and Mylena. We don't talk about days. Alex North. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. No, 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 no. Alex South, Alex West, Northwest. I don't know. That, that's why when, they, when, any, when any Dave's fan gets talking about, that's Chris Kotchick. Rain Northrup is Roman Brady. Fuck that. You must not see Alex North. I love Wayne Northrup, but after that Alex North bullshit, Lee yeah, I don't, I don't know why head. Chris, to this day, I don't know why Chris Kostacek is running the Brady Puff calling himself Roman. Casey, you are nine years old. You didn't know <laughs> no damn Chris Kostacek, just like, just like none of us on this podcast did. You didn't know about no damn Chris Kostacek. I know. We knew, we knew Josh Taylor as the daddy on the Hogan family um, and as Jack uh, and the Taylor. 9210. <laughs> Shit, we didn't know him as no goddamn Chris Kostacek. I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not my fault you don't know your day's history. Okay, so um, now we have outstanding lead actor in a drama series. Um, really, I don't think there was any big discussion on this. I think it was Jason from Jump. Um, Dee, do you have a differing opinion? Um, I had hoped that when it came time to do, I had to choose. When I was trying to pick and choose what, which one to choose, it was in between Jason Thompson and John Lindstrom. I was like, I flipped a coin to be honest, but like my card said, anyone but Steve Burton. But um, <laughs> but I said, but seriously though, John Lindstrom killed it. He played two characters, and I think that people don't realize if you don't watch the show on the daily, you don't realize the minutia, just the attention to detail that he played because you yeah. genuinely felt that they were two, two separate people. That's what I like, said. This is some I, uh, Adam Canary level watch. shit. This yeah. is like Adam Canary level caliber of work. And it's like the people that were on the panel, they didn't recognize it. I, mm, Jason Thompson, though, I'm not mad. I'm not mad because he is a classic case of you taking some trash scripting, trash storyline, and making yeah. that work. Yeah. He is getting the props that he didn't get on General Hospital. How many years was he on there as Patrick Drake and didn't get any type of love? I'm glad that, that Young and the Restless invested in him as a character, and I just hope that in the future they will do the same thing for Brighton that they did for Jason. But I'm not mad about... I'm not mad about Jason winning. If it had been anyone except Jason or John, I probably would have burnt this place down. And I'm being real honest about that. Now, Higgs, I don't know about you, but I got real worried for a second that it was going to be Tao's name that was going to be called. I was on the edge of my seat. Boy, I, oh, I, was. No, I was worried because they I did was. a long pause and I was no. like, Jacqueline, stop playing with me like you play with your face. Just don't say that name. Um, so don't get beat up, Casey. <laughs> Don't get beat up. You know. Boy. I can't. This fist will connect. I'm not playing with you. Well, and that fist looks like it's connected to, to her nose. I'm going to be right now to handle that. You better, you better be real careful. 
I got Look, airline miles and time to kill. <laughs> you think she's only been a dentist for my painting, like Reva Shane? <laughs> so, I'm anyway, drag you all the way um, through Were you worried of who would take this? I wanted it to be John or Jason. I, John was my pick, but Jason, he, he got the, the Kim Zimmer effect. Like, he turned Amen. shit into sugar. Because them, these four years he's been on YR, they have given Billy bullshit after bullshit after bullshit. His shining moments were with Gina Tonyon these last four yeah. years. I love that. And, like, doing this whole retread of Delia's death and taking shit back seven years and shit, he made it do what it do, though. With the help of my girl Michelle Moore. <laughs> but yeah, um, <laughs> he made it do what it did. And then I saw that I didn't know I didn't know that his um that he, he had a black wife and black babies. I said, oh shit. Yeah. Because you know oh, man, you know think you about shit like that. I didn't know his wife was missing, he got the little black babies. I said, oh where you been? Look like, <laughs> they look like Alicia Keys. I said, oh, I little baby. I'm gonna need you to get on his social media a little bit more. I'm just saying, Tig. I'm just saying. I, you, I, do know, yeah. I, do, I know. I need to follow a lot more soap stars on like some soap stars Instagram. on Instagram. Because yeah. I follow Instagram Michelle. Right I think Michelle Morgan is like the only soap star I follow on Instagram because I love her so damn much. I don't follow nobody else. You have good taste. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, I mean, you know. Look at little black family. I said, all right, Jason. Little mocha chocolate family, all right. Black Lives Matter, baby. All yes. Right. Thank you, Jason. Thank you. Thank you oh, so much. I love when he said that. I love when he said that. I was happy Jason won. My pick was John Lindstrom, just because the way he played Ryan and Kevin last year and this and the year before, he should have been rewarded, but... Jason, I'm not mad at Jason Thompson. He should have been rewarded years ago for GH. Mm. Like I said, when Doug Davidson won that year, that should have been Jason's award that year. It was I'm Jason. Just say, Doug, 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 Doug. I'm, just, I'm just saying. We don't know Doug him. Robin, when Robin died and Patrick was going through that, oh, this gave me chills. But that man has been a godsend to daytime. And... For him to come on Young and Arrested, just take this Billy character and just run with it and just like do the Kim Zimmer thing. Take that shitty writing they gave him and just turn it into sugar. That episode he won for where he was fighting, him, Billy was fighting himself and all that shit. I was like, ugh. <laughs> any, any, other, any other actor, any other actor who did that, I would have cringed the whole time. But because of Jason, Jason made it work. As much as I was clowning the shit, Jason made it work. I was like, <laughs> that episode could have gone either way, but Jason kept it together. He was like, okay, I know this material is some bullshit. I know this material is bullshit. Can you imagine reading that script, though, and being like, what in the actual fuck? He's like, oh my God, okay. I gotta do this dumb shit that Josh wrote. Let me see what I can do. With well, this look, those dumb younger material. wrestlers paychecks are still looking good. So, <laughs> well, yeah. So as long as CBS checks are still clearing, Jason's still going. He's still the man over there. So I'm very happy for him. He was. he was making it work with those GH checks that you know you probably had to wait Ooh. five days for cash. So you know he's gonna make it work. Yeah. Uh, five days. Yeah. <laughs> So, Alan, um, I know that Soap Jen, who I love, hopped in your mentions, and Ooh. said that 
John Lindstrom um, maybe should have took it last year. Um, so were you not shocked that he didn't take it this year? Oh, he should have taken it last year. Mo had no business winning last year. Oh, Alan, <laughs> Alan, Alan, preach, Alan, preach. Ooh. I've heard yeah. of him kissing his ass for mediocre work. I'm sorry. He has no business winning any Emmys. Maybe 20 years ago when he actually put in effort, but not now. But anyway, uh, yeah, I'm I was rooting for John Lindstrom, but I'm fine with Jason Thompson winning because he did take a wet part of the story and made it, made it work. He's very talented. He should have won years ago, but I'll take it now. Back to you, Casey. <laughs> God damn it. Alan <laughs> with his chest. <laughs> he used his whole chest to drag him. So um, anyway, yeah, I was happy for Jason. Um, I thought that this category uh, could have used some swap outs, like Matthew Atkinson should have been in here. Ooh, um, yes. yes, Matthew Atkinson should have taken Tao's yes. place. Yes, um, I was. I actually really loved, even though I knew he wasn't going to win. I did like seeing Torsten in here. Um, he has never been my rich. Um, he never will be. Um, but I think he gave an all right reel if I just pretend that he wasn't playing Rich Forrester. Um, he was Zack Slater with a sketch pad. <laughs> he was Zack Slater with Denise Richards. <laughs> um, oh, he was out with Denise Richards. Uh-huh. Why, does that, man John... have with, why does that man have chemistry with everybody else that's not the lady he's supposed to be leading with? Because... Okay. Bridge and Brooke have been through I, I it now. Should not, I should not want Shauna Forrester. I should not. Well, it is Shauna Forrester. Didn't you watch Denise's interview? Oh, Denise, she don't, get, she don't give away that storyline. You know, Brad, hey. take her aside. Be like, girl, don't do Slap it. Hand. Slap I will write you off real quick. <laughs> Look, a kid needs to dispose of Melissa Reeves' social media and her cell phone, and uh, Denise can't do no more interviews. <laughs> but, um, yeah, great uh, category if you just exclude um, that Burton uh, kid and uh, Tail Pangless. Um, they needed their ass with some damn With feet, John, but... though, I feel, and I was thinking about this after the Emmys were over. With John, I feel like he and Finola canceled each other out because they both played twins on the same show. And I feel like maybe that didn't work in either of their favors. Same with Brighton and Crystal. I feel like by them using Neil's passing on the same show, Crystal basically canceled herself out. So, but yeah, happy for Jason. He did a great speech. Beautiful family, by the way. Um, I, for one, much like Dee, cannot stay off his social media because every time I look at that man, I just want to look at more. Um, so anyway, he looked better in real life, too. Oh, yes, he did. Let me tell you. Oh, he looked good. Look, all I'm saying is I can scramble some eggs and I can cook. So if he needs me to take care of them babies, um, I'm here. Uh, His wife ain't stupid. She ain't gonna let you nowhere near him. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I can use some CGI to dissolve her like the Young and the Restless did to Billy. Lord, not some CGI. <laughs> Casey, gonna, Casey gonna throw her ass in the mountain. 
I'm in a volcano. She got lost in a water bomb. And then she I'm gonna be like Cher. Like, yeah, I'm gonna be like Cher. I tried to save her. I held on to her. I held on to Sky Thompson. Ugh. You ain't shit. So <laughs> <laughs> let's move on to lead actress. Um, this has Ooh. been very controversial for the night of the Emmys. Um, Heather Tom won her sixth Emmy, now tying with Erica Slezak from One Life to Live. Um, and this is her overall 19th nomination. So, D, I see we're predicting the ultimate queen of General Hospital nowadays, Mara West, to take it. So talk to us about that. My card says Mara West or this thing is rigged as fuck. And I said what I said. And <laughs> I know when I did these cards on the days that the, the, days that the announcements were made, I know I went to go have um, some megamosas. Those are 32 ounce mimosas because we do everything bigger in Texas. <laughs> I had two of those and I came back and wrote out these cards. <laughs> so, in my drunken yeah, you wrote stupor, out something. <laughs> in my drunken stupor, if I said Mara West or this thing is rigged as fuck and I was accurate as hell, baby, look. Everybody knows Heather Tom can make an Emmy reel, like no Emmy reel, like no Emmy reel. And the fact that you could have been on a, you weren't even on the show for a whole month collectively for an entire year and managed to win. A, I actually watched both so I can count how many days she was on that damn show. Okay. So we need to review the process. Like how many days do you have to be on the show to be considered a lead? That's the first thing you need to look at because that is someone that hasn't even been on the show for a solid month, take lead actress. And I'm not saying anything bad about Heather because in those scenes she was in, oh baby, she ate them. I'm not saying she did it. So for all the Katie fans out there, and I am a Katie fan, don't get it twisted. I'm just saying Mara West is the queen. Her character got crapped on by Sonny Corinthos, Kari Corinthos, anybody with the last name Corinthos, and half of that damn town. And if I am rooting for Ava Jerome over everybody and their mama, she is bringing it. I'm not supposed to root for Ava the way that I am, but I do. Mara makes you feel every emotion that Ava is feeling. And if you can do that to me consistently, year after year after year, there is something else at play here because there is no way that that woman should have. She, there is no way she should not have taken it this year. And you can't tell me otherwise. Like, I looked at the nominees and I was like, uh, no brainer. It's Mara. Like, not even kidding. I thought about Heather Tom. And when I was looking at the show last night, I was like, if they reward her, I was like, she's only been on for this many days. And I was counting them in my head. So I'm like, there's no way. And then when they did, I'm like, what kind of? I had to catch myself because I couldn't say the first nine things that popped up in my head. It was Mara West. This was her year. She should have took it. This is the hill I'm willing to die on. And trust me, I've been dying on Twitter. I don't even care. This is trash. And they need to review that. They need to review in the future how the process works, what the criteria are, because there's no way that you should not. How are you a lead? actress and you're not even on the show for most of the year that is my main point of contention not the fact that she didn't give emmy caliber work because hello it's heather tom she does it in her sleep but how do you how, how, how do you justify being a lead and you're not or they need to start letting her lead stories let her do that 
If you're going to put her in that lead yeah. actress category, then she needs to be on more than 20 days out of the year. I'm just saying. Well, indeed, I have to go with what you said. You know, Heather Tom gives Emmy work in her sleep. And, you know, the thing with Heather is, is none, I haven't seen a damn person knocking the beast that is Heather Tom. When she's been gone from Young and Restless for almost 20 years and people still wish for her back in that role as Victoria, that tells everybody what they need to know. And so I'm tired of people on Twitter going, oh, you know, I hate that these people think that Heather isn't a great actress just because their fave didn't win. Nobody is saying that. Heather is a phenomenal actress. Phenomenal. But she didn't deserve it this year. No. She did not deserve it this year. Um, no. Rodrigo, who do you think should have taken it this year? <laughs> and what do you have to say about Heather's win? Casey, I love when you ask me that question because you already know <laughs> what I'm going to say. You just, have to, you, just, you just love to hear me say it. You just want to hear me say it. I do because Moral, you know I love her. <laughs> Maura West is the greatest actress on daytime right now. You can't tell me Period. this girl... Period. Period. And I think she gets, I think she gets punished for being so too damn good. And I think, anyone know, everyone knew that Maura West was supposed to get this award this year. Everybody knew it. I saw this, like I said with D, I saw those nominees, I was like, no. This is Maura's to lose because Maura carries General Hospital. I've been saying this year, she carries that show on her shoulder. It doesn't matter what you give Ava. You can have her be the worst human being in town. People will shit on her, whatever. But the way Maura plays Ava, you just root for her. You're like, man, all these motherfuckers are all on Ava, and they're just as bad as she is. Just as bad, even not worse than Ava. And they have the right, they, they want to like talk about her and disparage her. But the storyline with Ryan, like it was classic soap storytelling. A woman falls in love with the person she thinks is one person that's pretending to be another person and this person go on and kill your daughter and makes and have sex with you the same night as they kill your daughter yeah and then you find out about it the bridge scene with Jimmy Francis to the one alone and the scene where she confronted Ryan and stabbed his ass in the back those two scenes right there should have cemented her award but when they called Heather Tom's name I was like and I love Heather Tom. Heather Tom is a beast. She is a beast. She's one of the top five actresses in daytime right now. She is a beast. But for two weeks of work, you could have been, a, you should have been a guest star. <laughs> guest, that's a guest star <laughs> role. Okay? That's a guest star nomination. It, 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 it shouldn't have been Heather Tom in that category. It should have been Annika Noel should have took Heather Tom's place in that category, in my opinion, since Annika had more, had more of a year than Heather Tom. But I was just like, they just do this, they just be doing my girl dirty every year. She hasn't won as Ava since 2014. Um, this is wrong. It's wrong. And I have to say, you know, for as much as I shit on her, and, you know, I just shat on her, you know, a couple of minutes ago, but even Jacqueline McKinnis Wood could have taken Heather Tom's spot because as much as she didn't deserve it last year, over Mara West, Jacqueline McKinnis Wood, factoring in time, is the lead of The Bold and the Beautiful. She, Annika, and Scott, whether we like it or not, and unfortunately the ratings back us up nowadays, but they are the leads of that show. 
and there's more of a plethora of work between them to dignify them being in that category. Um, so Tiggs, what did you think of Katie losing another organ and Heather Tom taking it off? Because at this point, she's clearly held together by duct tape or something. I don't know. <laughs> like you all said, Heather Tom is everything. And it's no shade, but Laura should have got it. She didn't get it last year. She should have got it. Like I said, I would have been fine with Catherine or Erin. Like, cause I, I know it's all based on wheels, of course. But I'm like, all these hoes got one. Can Catherine finally get one? She's been holding her hand around for years. What did Brooke do this year to merit a leading actress? Yeah, but that's that's not what it's about. Catherine Kelly Lang was stolen a substantial number of episodes. I think she was stolen over a hundred. So she, if we want to talk she about time, I'm not talking about time. Yes. That's what she did. <laughs> I'm not talking about time. I'm talking about storyline wise. What what happened that she threw Thomas over a cliff? She had a big triangle. She was defending her daughter, whose baby seemingly was passed off as dead. And like Tig said, she finished it all off the cherry on top. Was saying, bye, Thomas. <laughs> Big Catherine could have gone and supported Thomas came back. But I'm saying, if you look at her body of work and you compare it to the other people that were up there and a few of the people that weren't, should she have won over someone like Camila Banus? Would she have won over Annika? Like, seriously? That's what I'm asking. Catherine should have been in supporting because she Thank supported you. a lot of stories last year. So, I mean, maybe she, yeah, I think, yeah, Catherine and Annika should have switched. Yeah. yeah. And I you know what? If that. they would have switched, I will say if they would have switched. I think Catherine would have won supporting. Catherine could have won, yeah. She could have won supporting, but she didn't. It's like, girl, <laughs> it's been 30 years. You, she's not a lead anymore, so. I would, yeah. She's not a lead anymore. And it's a sad thing because she needs to be. At and this that's, point the game, that whole fucking show needs to revolve around Brooke Float. It, it does. It does. It does. Catherine, is, she is a woman of a certain age, but she is still fuckable, she is still beautiful, and she can act. Thank you, Susan. My God, you know, you look at Catherine in that reel, <laughs> it was supposed to be casual Brooke, you know, a little less makeup, her hair back, she was crying, I'm like, Catherine, you are gorgeous still, like, my God. Um, but I have to say, you know, some great performers in this category. Even Ariane had a great reel, I thought. Um, I thought Arion, you know, the stuff with Nicole should have been used for shit like directing and writing and drama um, series. But they, 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 they did do it for directing. They did submit that. For oh, them. that's right. Yeah, they did. Which, mm -hmm. um, let's go oh, ahead humbug. and get into more production stuff. Um, I didn't talk. <laughs> oh, oh, You can't oh, forget oh, about my boy, oh. Alan. Alan, okay, oh, Alan, you are here. Alan said, bitch, hold up. <laughs> ah, Alan, oh, Lord Jesus. <laughs> um, Alan, go, go ahead. Say your piece. Cuss him oh. out, Alan. Cuss him out. Well, Heller Tom, because 
make fart noises for 20 minutes and win an Emmy. So that's disappointing. I didn't want her to win. And so I I wanted more to win, but because Heller Tom just they see her damn name and they go, oh, I better give her a damn little damn Emmy. Click. That's what the, that's what fucking happens. Captain Carol Lang is never going to win an Emmy if she up against Heather Tom. Let's just keep yeah. it real. She ain't never going to win. If she's up against Heather Tom. It, and Laura West. Oh, and, you know, This year, I have to say, I think in terms of reels, even though Catherine should have definitely gone in supporting, I think Catherine, to me, I was more moved by her reel than Heather Tom's because Heather's reels, for me, are starting to run together too much. You know? Isn't she telling a dance scene, dance three, where either yeah. she's sick or she caught Bill's dick and another woman. That's all. That's the only two stories that can write for fucking Katie. That's all they got for her. She yeah. either getting cheated on or she losing an organ. <laughs> like, either that's she's it. losing an organ or she's seeing Bill's organ in somebody else. <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah. Katie deserves better than getting cheated on. That she deserves better than that. And they Heather deserve Tom to write her better, better than that. Heather like, Tom deserves so much better than Bold and Beautiful. And that's why she off directing and killing it. Yes. <laughs> what is that noise? Um, so let's go into, um, I was going to go into production, but let's go ahead and we'll talk about um, special guest performer. Uh, Eva LaRue ended up taking it for her stint as uh, Celeste on The Young and the Restless. Um, I predicted this based off, and as much as it kills me to say it again, based off of sympathy, because if you guys remember last year, I did name Eva LaRue the worst actress in daytime. Um, so, Tiggs, don't act shocked because you agreed with me. Um, no, so, <laughs> because I originally had somebody else, and then when I said Eva, Tiggs went, ah, yeah. Um, so, Tiggs, go ahead. No, I said Marie in the push up, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Tiggs, go ahead and take it. Um, what did you think of Eva? Wait, did, 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 did they show it on TV? Did I, did I miss no, it? No, they didn't. Um, they ended up cutting CBS guest performances. CBS kissed my ass. Instead of one of them little well, they, clips. They, they decided to consider that, I believe they considered that a creative arts um, Emmy. No, I would have rather seen that than, I would have rather seen that than, than, than the digital series. No shade to the bank, congratulations, but we knew that, I would have rather seen that win. than the digital we knew the bay was gonna win anyway, but whatever. It is like <laughs> no, I'm because I, I was jumping back. Who won? I didn't know who won. Shit. Well, yes, yeah, it no. was Eva Larue. Um, Twitter yeah. told you that Eva Larue won. I mean, Eva, Eva was cute for her little thing. I thought they were gonna do more with Mama Rosales. I thought Jack was gonna get her before she left town. That was really surprising that they didn't like. This is the longest Peter Bergman has been with our love interest. I'm shocked. Like, Jack ain't had a love interest in, like, two years now. No, a year. Because they gave him that, that little baby last year. Mm, that little priest. Yeah, because, you know, the only place for a black woman on The Young and the Restless is to be with 85-year-old Peter Bergman. Ugh. This is true, We're though. Fired. <laughs> yeah, true, Alice. <laughs> and it's like, I like that little Alice Hunter, too. She's in the perfect world. Oh, I loved her, yeah. I Hillary would have stayed alive. And Alice Hunter could have been a man. Catch that team. But yeah, um, 
Yeah, I mean, congratulations, Eva LaRue. You know, it probably was a sympathy win, you know. But I mean, her and John Callahan ain't been married in years, and that child is grown. But she did mention John in her speech, which I loved. Um, it was because great. some of us are still Maria and Edmund fans. Thank you. Yeah, oh, okay. Oh, 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 me. I am too. I, 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 yeah. am too. I hate what they did to Edmund towards the end. I hate oh, trash. God, me too. That was disgusting the way they did Edmund in the end. They did him so dirty. Dirty. Just dirty. Oh. Well, so, Dee, go ahead and talk about Eva LaRue. Uh, what did you think of her winning? And were you shocked that? Chriselle didn't take it. Oh, so my card that I didn't reveal last night since they decided not to put that award on. Here's my lovely card. It says anyone but Colonel Sanders, Taz Martin. <laughs> <laughs> but I chose Chriselle Stouse. <laughs> yes, I did. But I chose Chriselle Stouse. Um, I did because I felt like she gave more performance. Uh, no shade. But the only Rosaleses that I really cared about uh, was Mia. Okay, say it again, D. So Mia was my favorite Rosales. Yes. She's not even on anymore. Oh. Uh, Mama Rosales, they could have they could have cast an unknown person in that role, and she would have did the same thing. Like there was no character development. There was no. It was. Eva was too young for this role, because I'm going to say it. She was too young for that damn role. The way she they put really her and put her and Jody Willis Sousa together, I was like, eh? Their well, mother you know, I mean, <laughs> Rodrigo, that's a good point, because, like, for me, I believe that Lisa LaCicero is Dominic Zentranga's Dom mother on GH, because she's got that feeling and that emotional yeah. range. But for me, yeah, I, let that, I yeah, didn't believe for And that is so crazy, because they're yeah. nine years apart yeah. in age. They're exactly. only nine years apart. I'm like, but was this happening to felt, be a case? She felt, I felt that that character felt like an older Rosales sister to me. I thought, that's yeah, no way that's their yeah. mother. Well, it ain't Eva's um, fault. She was too damn hot for the part. That's all. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, Eva's I would have gone with like, good. A, like a Sandra Santiago or someone like that could have played that part. But, exactly. Um, I was yeah. like, she, oh, she would have did a better job yeah. in that role. I just, well, indeed, I, like you said, an unknown would have just come in and done the same thing. Oh, I was gonna say, what's her name from um, when I believe, but she races Carlotta, but no, not her. Oh, uh, she uh, the homophobic <laughs> one or the recast? Well, the homophobe. Yeah, she's a homophobic. Uh, oh yeah, like like like, like Eva Tamargo could have did, like you know. Oh yeah. Oh, that would have been so great. Yes. Oh, I would have loved for Eva to have well, done. Congrats to Eva. I mean, I love Maria Gray. I've always loved that character. Um, but yeah. Congrats. I mean, I forgot. I kept calling her. I kept calling her Maria the whole time she was on Young and the Restless. So uh, yeah, maybe the I don't know that character just looked like she just came and did a drive by and then she was gone before anybody knew it. And so. she drove by, collected that Emmy, and went up in a poof of smoke. Much okay. like <laughs> she said, "Let me get this three week check." Okay. All she did was just show up, be pretty, have a nice cleavage, and then leave. That's it. If you want that, Emmy. Well, Alex, isn't that what you look for in a woman? <laughs> <laughs> well, if they would have put Rebecca Buttig in there as a damn guest performer, she would have oh, took it. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm just saying. I was, and that's the thing. Why wasn't Rebecca in guests? Because right, yeah, she, but it was. Right. I had tuned out. Yeah, she, she wasn't on 
Yeah, if yeah, you had some guys, Chrishell and, and Eva in there, it should have been Chrishell in there, too. I mean, not Chrishell, um, Rebecca. Rebecca. Chrishell I mean, killed it was all my crazy, children up crazy in there. Jordan. Chrishell was really good as crazy Jordan. He was really good, okay. even, you know, even though that ruined and, the character. Chrishell and Rebecca should have swapped, because I think Chrishell had an over great arc. You know, Chrishell actually got a story arc, and as opposed to the others who were on for like two weeks, like a Rebecca Budding, who was on for a very short time. Uh, but uh, They should have made her a guest. They should have made her a guest. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about Outstanding Writing Team. Uh, <laughs> the Bold and the Beautiful One, Bradley yes! Bell, Michael Minnis, Michelle Valjean, Patrick Mulcahy, um, their team took it home. Um, I have to say, congratulations, <laughs> congratulations, have... Michelle Valjean and Patrick Mulcahy. Yeah. Congratulations, Valjean and Patrick Mulcahy. Michelle Valjean and Patrick Mulcahy. I was not mad that Bold and Beautiful took that home. I think they have the strongest writing reel. Um, D, go ahead, girl. <laughs> you know this is my moment. This is my Susan Lucci moment. I want to take this moment to say I defend the bald and the beautiful. My ratchety dark horse struggle show like I put on my cards all the time. On this show, I defend all my actresses. I defend Brad. Uh, where is my love interest for Steffi? Thank you. I defend them all the time. You can talk smack about bold all you want to. You can come up with 12,000 things to say, but when it comes down to that writing, baby, you can't beat Michelle Valjean and pa Patrick Mulcahy. What you doing? Why, why, why did you even enter? Why did you even show up? <laughs> I mean, I'm being real honest. And you know, I've been a Michelle Valjean fan for like ever. Ever, yeah, yeah. Dude, she is everything. And you know this, and she, and she carried that GH writing team for a very long time before she left, and we all know this. So we knew, quit scraping that food, Rodrigo. So <laughs> <laughs> Look, and now he wants to go on mute. <laughs> I forgot, sorry. So, so I'm just saying this is validation and vindication for me because I have taken a lot of abuse from y'all and other people. Oh, for my God. struggle what? show, what? for my struggle show, for the fact that I defend this show, and Brad, I mean, I hope that he is taking this time to reach into his bag of tricks to to rub that spark to get that to get that bell magic and to take this show to the next level. It's not about baby swaps and about flip flopping partners. There is more to life than babies. And who Liam is sleeping with, okay? He is not Ridge 2.0. He is not a, no. But he made it work. They made it work. I am very, very, very excited that my little struggle show, my little 30-minute show came up in there and whopped that tail. Now, okay, if all of the soaps still were in existence, we would probably not be having this conversation. But it is what it is. I'm very excited. Congratulations to my writing team. Babies. See, D is turning into Mary Hart. That was about 18 minutes with a speech. <laughs> and it was legit. 
Um, so Tiggs, I know a lot of people were huge fans of letting us hear from the writers and directors to justify their scenes. So what did you think of Bold and Beautiful taking home the Emmy for Outstanding Writing Team? My first reaction was... <laughs> His first reaction? Yeah. My, no, my first reaction was just like, they let Brad yeah. Bill win for that damn convoluted-ass baby switch over a beloved character dying and a damn time jump, fuck GH. So I'm just like, mm. but no, one, no, I, I totally <laughs> forgot. I totally forgot about Michelle Valjean and Patrick Mulcahy. And yeah, because they are the only ones, you could, it, it, Bolden got to a point where you can watch the episode and tell the day one of them wrote it. Because it's like, it, it's a soap opera. It ain't just some bullshit Brad threw together because it's Thursday. And they need 20 minutes to burn. <laughs> so, you know, yeah, thinking about it like that, yes, I'm happy for both. Yeah. But at the end of the day, we were just happy with anybody but GH Oh, oh. <laughs> For real. And we will get into that definitely. And, you know, Tiggs, it's interesting. You brought up your first reaction being about Young and Restless and Days of Our Lives. So, we know that when you submit for best writing, you also have to submit your scripts that you wrote for that show. So it also comes down to formatting, act breaks, dialogue. And I think that Bold and Beautiful in the episodes they submitted, um, and I did read one of those scripts, it truly had the best act breakdown, I think. And that was attributed to, look who's on that writing team. I mean, like Dee said, Michelle Valjean carried General Hospital for longer than anybody wants to admit, and she mm. is carrying the bold and the beautiful. That's why so. she needs to be hair writer. I wish Brad would just yes. step back and be the EP and, and write the checks and cut the checks and let Michelle ride that motherfucker out. Please. See, that's why Patrick left, allegedly. Yeah, I don't know if it's allegedly. Even though he's still in all this stuff. We're not getting sued today, allegedly. <laughs> but no, but if he wants to, he can take his ass across the hall there. Because he can walk it like a dog over at Wine Arc and Josh Griffith really can still can. kiss my ass. He can, he can take it right across. He I will can take never it right forget when one of those soap sites said that Patrick was in talks to go there. And he replied in their mentions and said, news to me. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, Rodrigo and Alan, I want you guys to talk to me about Outstanding Directing Team. Uh, General <laughs> Hospital took it home for their themed Christmas Carol episode. Um, so, <laughs> Alan. Um, Scrooge McBain. <laughs> Alan, I thought this was the only Emmy that they could have possibly gotten away with. Um, what did you think? <laughs> I, yeah, I agree with that because that's pretty much one of the few good episodes last year. The only one. Yeah, the only good episode last year was a fucking Christmas Carol where they fucking the source that you from other people. That's how bad General Hospital is. They had to take Charles Sigurd's work to make a good fucking episode. Incompetent little <laughs> bitches. Price. <laughs> so yeah, the get running was good. I'll give them that. They deserve that, I guess. He said, I guess. <laughs> I mean, I think, you know, Fido is a very seasoned director. Um, <laughs> he, he, um, they never pronounce it in a French way because that sounds like you kind of got a dog. Stop. D, I swear, when, when Adam said, I guess, that, that was like the equivalent, like, here, nigga, damn. <laughs> 
Um, like, Final you say the year, um, year, nigga, damn. You know, he does he does great work with um, some shitty scripts. I mean, he's been at GH forever, so there's been a lot of shitty scripts he's had to make magic out of. Um, so yeah, directing wise, great job to him. Um, happy for the directing team um, of GH. Like I said, for me, I think it's the only Emmy they could have gotten away with um, to justify. Um, Rodrigo, what did you think of GH taking home best directing? D tech, he tweeted me about like <laughs> my reactions to that. I just I tried not to laugh. I was like, oh, this, this is of all the shows. And don't get me wrong, it was a cute ep- it was a cute episode, but Frank, Jane Elliott made that cute, Jay, and Eden made Ellen, that cute. It, <sighs> let's keep it real. You choose that episode. I mean, okay. Compared to the other shows and what they submitted for directing, I guess because it was a creative episode, it was out of the norm, it was, you know, whatever, you're going to take it. <laughs> so I guess it justified the win, but I was just like, oh. if I had to see Michael Easton in that dumb costume one more time, like, <laughs> just like, they kept playing the same clips over and over again. I was like, oh my God, is this what you guys submitted for best show too? They put their eggs on in one basket. Oh. When well, my mother like came Frank. in, let me tell you, when my mother came in the living room, she caught the tail end of the ceremony. And she saw what General Hospital <laughs> done for outstanding drama. She went, what? No, 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 no. <laughs> oh, God. <sighs> Poor GH. I'll tell you what, though. Frank. Frank don't know how to pick anything. He doesn't know how to pick a real. He must have wanted to episode. lose his job last night because <laughs> that's what it's. He doesn't know how to pick anything. I'm just like, Frank, like, come on, bro. Like, <laughs> <laughs> the way the way you pick episodes, it's like the word. That's why the show has not. It, it could have won not several Emmys under Ron. He could have won that. All, I mean, I would have rather sat through Tyler Perry's Fall from Grace on Netflix than have to watch General Hospital's Emmy reels. I mean, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> Wait a I'm minute. Just about to sip. I got to sip to that. Cause... Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Fuck that. Fuck that. I'd rather say Sonny is the greatest human being that ever lived fought this with that bullshit. Sonny <laughs> <laughs> Corinthos is the humanitarian. Humanitarian of the year. Okay. I would rather deal with Scrooge McBain. I would rather deal with Scrooge McBain than fucked up wigs. No. And Negro spirituals, no. Oh, oh God! <laughs> Fuck that. Um, so let's talk about outstanding drama. Um, the Young and the Restless took it home. Um, there was some confusion on why Days of Our Lives submitted what they did um, compared to not submitting the Christian reveal. Um, so. Rodrigo, why don't you talk to us about Young and Restless winning? And do you think that there really wasn't another strong choice? I mean, like I said, I knew Young and Restless, they're going to do Neil's Funeral. Neil's Funeral was the one to be out of all the shows. 
just because of the impact it had and the publicity around it. And it, overall, those were that week of Neil's death was some of the, the best week in daytime period that year. And I'm not surprised why not took it. You know, Black Real has been carrying that show for years anyway. So like, there's mm. nothing new. Um, the other shows, like Ron, I think, what did he, he did the time jump? He submitted that, is that what he submitted? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. like the first two days of the time jump, I believe. Yeah, I'm just like, okay, I know, Ron, you have better stuff than that. I guess, you know, he wanted to put all his eggs in one basket and just go balls to the wall, and it didn't work this time. Bold, they did um, the baby switch, I think. And, I mean, they already did it for writing, so, um, I don't know. In GH, in the, in the Scrooge episodes, I was just like, oh. You knew they weren't going to win. When I saw that, that's what they were submitting. I'm like, yeah, you might as well just not even come to the table because it's not your year. But I wasn't surprised. With you. I wasn't surprised you unarrested. It was well made. It was a great episode with Neil's death. The performances were amazing from Shamar Moore, Crystal Leo, Brighton. Uh, it just had it all. So I'm not mad at that win. Josh, you're not winning next year, so don't even try it. I mean, I'm not, oh, Jesus. <laughs> I don't even know what totally, they could submit. I don't even know what you're going to do next year, but it, enjoy this win, bro, because that it was a tribute to Chris Hoff St. John. I mean, I, I, period. It was just, and I was happy with the win. I thought Look, it was. I, I'll tell you yeah. what, Josh is going to try and be sneaking to submit one of their classic episodes. <laughs> That's what he's going to try and do. <laughs> That's the only way he's going to win. Yeah. Right? I'm serious. Look, he's going to try and submit John waking up from that coma. <laughs> I meant the 1991 one. <laughs> Let me be clear. Not. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, Alan, what did you think about standing drama? Well, of course, Young and the Restless were going to win because they had the best episode of all of the four. The others were complete shit. Who wants to see fucking Michael Easton and Ebenezer Scrooge porn parody cosplay? Who wants to watch that? <laughs> I actually liked, kind of liked the episode, but still, it's not a best drama pick. No. And the time jump? Cute idea, but no. That's not going to win you a fucking Emmy. No. Baby switch? Uh, I guess, but no, it's not going to be Neil's funeral. And it, it pisses me off because Young and was so fucking terrible last year, and they won a fucking Emmy. It was fucking 2013, the sequel. Piece of shit. Okay, back to you, Casey. <laughs> well, and you know, that's the big thing we have to remember. You know, now the bold and the beautiful can only just submit two episodes as previous when it was four episodes. But now all the dramas are on the same playing field um, where they can only submit two episodes. So, but again, you know, this becomes a big issue because out of 255 episodes, how can you only look at two? So Tiggs, what did you think of Wyandar winning best drama? And do you think there needs to be change on the submission process for best drama? I love Y&R winning for Neil. Um, the, it was the only answer. It was the only answer. 
And it's not because of Josh Griffith. Fuck Josh Griffith. Like, no. Like, episodes, because episodes like that, episodes like that, and, and Peter Bergman's anniversary episode, and Melody Thomas Scott's anniversary episode, yes. they write themselves. They write yes. themselves. Like, hell, Jonah Plummer could have went in that motherfucker and, and wrote that episode <laughs> and produced it, and it would have been fine. Like, they write themselves. So, you know, it was only one way to go but up. And like y'all said, like, yeah, no, they should have did the Kristen reveal at Julie's place for days. The time jump, it was good, but it was just one of those things where it was just like, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't strong enough. It just wasn't. GH, why would you submit a special episode? Everybody knows it's a special episode. Why? That's stupid. Why do that? But then they didn't have shit else, so it was just like, what else were they going to submit? The nurse's ball from last year? Shit, I, I don't <laughs> No, they probably would have. They they would have did better just putting Jeannie and and Mara up there on the bridge. Did make yeah. that the episode? That, yeah, that should have yeah. been drama. And I think that's yeah. a big problem that all of these executive producers, because you know they choose for best drama, put all of their eggs in one basket to the point yeah. where it was damaging to their shows. You know, for example, I think for writing. Um, it should have been Nikki's 40th anniversary episode because these judges, since they don't watch these shows every year, I think it benefits a show when they get a reprieve from material. You know, I think seeing so much Kristoff, every single category, as much as we miss him and as much as we loved the character of Neil for over 20 years, it was too much to the panel. Um, and same with... General Hospital. Who in the hell, why in the hell did Frank think he was going to ever have a shot at Outstanding Drama with that episode? Eden McCoy. Poor Eden McCoy having to be showing those clips every single category. Oh, I'm sorry, girl. Um, but yeah, quite, quite a mess overall. And I think they really need to look at not putting all their eggs in one basket in every single major production category. So, um, Rodrigo, I did want to talk to you about um, what do you think needs to change about the submission process for Outstanding Drama, or do you think it should continue to only be two episodes? I mean, if we're going to do two episodes, I, I just want these showrunners to just pick two solid episodes that have nothing to do with the other, because they, they just... He, for Ron to just submit just the time jump was if he did the time jump and Kristen's reveal, you could have saw two different types of shows that could have probably got it for them. Frank choosing a special episode, uh, Scrooge episode. Was it just the Scrooge episode? Or was he doing something else? It was just the Scrooge episode. Like you have to be allowed to. I think they should submit one episode for one type of storyline and then do another episode for another type of storyline just to balance it out because if you try to do these two it's all eggs in one basket thing it's it doesn't work and i think what worked about young the rest of submissions is you had a whole week of neil's funerals so there's a lot to choose from from that from that week but you I just think if you don't do two episodes, do two different episodes. Don't try to do two of the same things and like 
it, it just it, it's just weird. Like GH looked fucking weird to me the whole broadcast. You showing <laughs> that Scrooge scene the whole that's not there was I get you know the show was bad last year, but I know there were there were better moments in that. You could have showed more Genie, you could have showed more more, you could have shown more John Lindstrom, like, like th- that storyline with the Ryan and Kevin and all that stuff, that could have been shown more. I, I just, it just, they just need to do a better job with just submissions. Like, don't submit the same episode. It's, it doesn't make any sense to me. Now, D, do you think that there should maybe be a rule submitted for outstanding drama writing and directing that you can't submit the same episode? You would get a better... I can see both sides of that argument. If you're directing and you're writing on one episode where it's the best you've ever done in your life, I can see you putting it up for both. But I'm saying if you have... If you get two submissions for each category, then it should be two separate, distinct episodes for each one. But I can see if... I'm trying to think, like... I'm trying to think of like a storyline. I'm using GH because Lord knows their storylines go on for twelve thousand years. But like, if <laughs> you, or you could you could do like you remember when they had the train wreck? If you did like a train wreck episode for one, and then you did something like the Metricord for another, that's two separate distinct incidences, two different like two different timelines, two different everything. I can see you doing that. If you spent, I think they look at it like we spent so much money on this, we're going to put it in and get more bang for our buck and put it up in both. So I feel like you, your show would be more well-rounded if you used different submission pieces for each one. But if your writing was great and your direction was banging, I can see why they would. I mean, but then the panels are not the same for every single submit, for every single category get different people so so i think that's what they're thinking about is that it's not going to be the same people looking at directing as it is looking at writing or you know best show so you might get a whole different set of eyes and so it's not like for them it's it for us it's boring because we're watching the same thing like multiple times but (laughs) it's definitely seen at the one so if you did like the Kristen reveal yeah, I would put this up in best show. I would also put this up in best writing because they were amazing and I'm banking on the fact that you're not having the same sets of people looking at each episode. I would have done it except in Daisy's case, I would have used the Kristen reveal and I would have used the time jump. I would use them separately. I would not have just ran two days of the same or whatever, or however it is that they did it. It just didn't work out for them. Where but would you have put them though? Where would you have put those two episodes? Like, would you have put Kristen reveal in drama and time jump in writing? I would, yeah, because that's, yeah, there was more, I mean, for best of show, you need to come with your strongest, your craziest, your wildest, your, that would have been the Kristen one, especially when those teams are flying by, but you know, it's, you're taking a risk no matter what you do really but i feel like they should have been in two separate ones but if you have i'm trying to remember a really just amazing just banging ass storyline that's happened in a long time the fact that i can't even think of one lets you know how daytime is going right about now there are some but i mean like if you had a really good one i could see you putting it in both 
but I'm really trying to think of what they can for next year from the first very small part of the year before the coronavirus shut down their productions. There's my last to, one and everything next year, baby. They yeah, I know, right? Oh, they're they're going to be the only show, show to choose from. <laughs> the only question is going to be which actor is going to win from Days of Our Lives, which one is going to win. Really? <laughs> I mean, and then the messed up thing is when the, when coronavirus started when all of it started wasn't this when all of the storylines were about to start souping up and getting good in theory yeah i will say well i will say i really enjoyed y&r's last episode Mm -hmm. and then you know i always wondered i was like okay well where would this have gone had covid not been a factor for this show and it would have been seinfeld all over again another (laughs) day about nothing (laughs) And you know what? I bet that last episode they put up for something. It really was good. Um, and I bet they put it up for everything. Um, because they don't have anything. At, what, what happened? Like, <laughs> I'm really well, hard pressed. It's a testament to how broken daytime is. Because 15 years ago on Young and Restless, yeah, I could see the first 30 episodes of the year. There would have been something there to fill each category. But nowadays, no, I can't see that. They're gonna be hard. That That's another reason that they're really gonna need to get production back up because they're not gonna have anything. It's basically the entire Emmys. They better put the Emmys on NBC because it's gonna be nothing but days anyway. So. <laughs> it's gonna be okay. Days of Our Lives montage. Days of Our Lives. The daytime Emmy starring Days of Our Lives. Everybody goes home with an hourglass as a party favor. (laughs) It's like watching GH and knowing that it's going to be about Maurice and um, Laura and, you know, Steve. You know know, the leads. It's Frank's calling them. The leads. (laughs) He's holding up the sun. I don't know them. (laughs) Um, So real quick before we want to go, I think that we couldn't have returned for this special episode without discussing a very hot button issue in daytime right now, and that is Melissa Reeves. Uh, We gotta discuss, I feel feel as though, I wouldn't feel good had we reconvened for this episode and not discussed it. So, Rodrigo, talk to me about your thoughts on Melissa Reeves. Uh, Do you think this will finally get her fired from this show? No, it's not. Because had, had they fired her years ago when she started saying shit years ago, they should have done that years ago. They they didn't do it. This I know people are like they want recast. Uh, geez, I see you, Katie McClain, and all that stuff. <laughs> They're not doing it. They're not doing it. This is gonna die down because I mean, well, first Melissa has to get her kids off damn Twitter too. Oh my god. Too. <laughs> That that nothing in the words of Jamie Gibbons. She's on the break right now. They're off production. So either unless Ken Corday is gonna fire her ass again, like he did years ago, this it's not gonna happen. And then my thing is, okay, we're dragging Melissa Reed. Why didn't we drag Ingo Rodemichael when he was saying shit 
This podcast was the only one that did. We don't oh, know that. Thank you. Thank you. Because did nobody Ingo, else. Did get a nobody else did. Article? Did he get a TMZ article about what he said? No. He, he about to when I submit those screenshots <laughs> I took. I've been off so, of Twitter, but I'm back, baby. Watch this. Yes. Watch me. Watch it's me. Like, my thing is. I'm not dumb. I know there are a lot of soap actors that are conservative. They are Republican. I get that, but you just need to. They just know how to. They know how to play the game better than uh, Melissa Reeves or Ingo because they don't say shit about their politics, and I respect that. Susan Lucci is the biggest soap opera star in the world, and everybody knew she was a conservative Republican. Everybody, but she never, she never put it out there because she played the game well because she knew how to do it. Melissa a Reed. company girl to the end. Yes, yeah, she when was. Alan Locker, you know, <laughs> I have to give some shit to Alan Locker because he tried to come for her with this coronavirus stuff when he did her interview. And Susan sat there, she put on that million dollar smile and she was like, <laughs> Helmet and I are staying so safe. Uh, I'm Susan Lucci. It's all about me. Oh, don't, oh, you know, God. just take a note from Susan. Take she know how to play the game, but Missy Reed, Melissa, I don't even call you Missy no more. You are Melissa Reed. No, she is Melissa. Uh, <laughs> you are Melissa. Karen Reed, okay? Because, like, <laughs> you, um, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just very disappointed. And I thought after she made those disparaging remarks about the Chick-fil-A shit and all that mess, you'd think she would learn to shut her mouth and keep her mouth shut and just, like, don't get into this. Like, this is a hot button issue right now. No one's happy. You're going to get dragged. Like, no, it, it's it's a very emotional time right now. And for you to like anything that comes out of that, I ain't going to bring her name up in this. No, way. don't even you say even it. like <laughs> anything that she has to say. And then, like, to justify it because she's Black. She don't speak for me. She don't speak for, like, a majority of the Black population. No one likes this woman at all. She doesn't speak for anyone. And for you to like that and don't think that we're not gonna find out what you did, do you know what so you know Swift Twitter, we 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 some rag we some ratchet animals. We will find some shit. We will screenshot your shit. Don't even try to delete it because we're gonna find it. Partly so, she's I mean she learned I mean it's telling she hasn't put out any statement about this. She hasn't said a word. Except for her daughter who wants to go on Twitter and like make some dumb videos and shit. But she hasn't said nothing. Scott Reese hasn't said anything. No one has said anything to Reese Claire except for that little girl. So take with that as you may. As it speaks for itself. You said what you said. At least if you want to say what you said, at least come out and defend what you said. But you ain't going to do that because you don't want to lose your job. And I get that. But she's not going to lose her job. She's not. She's not. And then, like, Ron, I, Ron hasn't said anything about it. And he's the most outspoken person on Twitter. But thank God for Lindsay Godfrey. She's an ally. With, like, Lindsay Godfrey will go on Twitter, will cuss you the fuck out. She will call out even her own co-stars if she's not afraid to speak out. So it is what it is. But it's, so, it's politics. It's not going to get her fired. If it does, I'll be very surprised. Hmm. But... Uh, <laughs> at this point, at this point of the game, they're not going to do nothing. It, it, that's just sad. But anyway, mm. so Tiggs, 
many people uh, took the time to point out how problematic, excuse me, Melissa Reeves has always been for this show. Um, but meanwhile, somebody like a Victoria Rowell is considered problematic without a second chance. But Melissa Reeves has had a second, third, fourth chance. So what do you think of this whole situation and also tying it back to how somebody like a Victoria Rowell, who in my opinion is a far better actress, can't get a second chance on any soap opera? Everything Victoria Rowell has ever said has been the truth. She has never faltered. She has never backpedaled. She has never tried to retract anything. Everything she said has been always the same. You can, you can call Victoria right motherfucking now, and she'll give you some shit from 93, goddammit, and it's going to be the same goddamn thing. Melissa Reeves, I'll I, I let that Chick-fil-A bullshit ride. I'll let it ride, because I love me some Jennifer Rose. I do. I'll let that shit ride, but this shit can't ride no more. And fuck that, I'm going to say the bitch name. Fuck Candace Owens, because she ain't nothing but a boot-looking-ass cone. Fuck her, and fuck Doug Davidson, and fuck Daniel Goddard, because they like some of her motherfucking tweets, too. We got Riddy Kane's motherfucking ass. Paul's ass can retire and move down to Arizona with cricket, or he can get shot and killed in a line of duty. I don't give a fuck no more. I don't give a fuck no more. Fuck that. No, you only liking that because she, no. That's because the nigger is being in her place. That's why you liking that tweet. And then you're going to send your daughter to fight your battle for you? Uh-uh. Nope. I'm going to need Katie McClain to come on down and give me some Dixie Cooney, Rose Horton for that ass. That's what I need. See, Jamie, I love you, Jamie. He said Beth Chamberlain. I said, uh-uh. Beth Chamberlain gives me Ashley Abbott. No shade to Eileen. She don't give me no Jennifer Rose. But, you know, I'll take anybody at this point. Fuck Melissa Reeves. And fuck Chick-fil-A. And fuck her daughter, too, because she's grown now. If she was still a baby, I wouldn't have said that. But fuck her, too. What even was that last part? <laughs> well, I said, um, Scott Reeves at least know how to keep his damn mouth shut. Scott Reeves ain't said shit. He just over there playing his guitar, eating chicken. Yeah, you shut the fuck up. With his watermelon. <laughs> exactly. Before before we send before we send Trisha Dennison over there to light his ass up again. God, I didn't even know what to say to that. Um, <laughs> so, D, talk to me about your feelings with the Melissa Reeves situation. Give it to us, D. Come on, D. And so, how do you think the set will be impacted once days returns to production? I'm going to be real honest with you. I did not give Melissa a free pass. I did not give Maga Missy a free pass when she was on that Chick-fil-A mess. And I'm not going to give her a free pass now. Yep. <sighs> there go your um, title for the episode. Well, it needs to be Daytime Emmy slash Maga Missy. I like that. I... <laughs> okay. There are a lot of Republicans in my family. I will, I will freely admit it. There are a lot of them. There is nothing wrong with you have a deferring viewpoint. There's nothing wrong with you being conservative, with you feeling the way that you feel. There's a time and a place for that. 
if the situation was reversed and Nancy Lee Grind came up on that bird app or like uh -huh. or like something on Instagram that was divisive. You already know I would light her up like the 4th of July. You know, I believe the sun shines on that woman right there. So I'm, I'm keeping it, I'm keeping it. In this climate, political, social upheaval climate, then this change that we're in, you'd have to be a special kind of stupid. Knowing that yes. Twitter is, knowing that we are bored, that half of the people that are, are not working and they got free time on their hands that we look at everything you post and we looking at what you like when you watching all of these other people get dragged did you honestly think that your your horton privilege actually applied in real life it doesn't so the fact that she came up and did that you can feel however you want to feel but just know that if you bring it you better be prepared for the smoke that's going to come afterwards uh i would pay cash money uncle brian if i can be on set when y'all all come back i will fly i will fly out to california to be there because lamone is gonna light her up sal is gonna light her up martha gonna light her up and you best believe uh good sister lindsey godfrey is going to rip her to shreds i want to be there i want to be there i want to see it because Lamone is not playing with y'all, if y'all have not been paying attention. Lamone, Lamone is not. Lamone is he is. I'm loving Lamone so and much. And he is about that life, and she about yes. to find out that Black lives really do matter when she rolls back onto that set. She is about. They gonna light her up like the Fourth of July, and you know what? And they play cousins. And they play cousins on that show too, and that's. <laughs> They play cards on that show. Run, it's not going to be Russell hard to Ron distance from is going to light her up. If he yeah. does not light her up in person, he is a petty, petty man, and he writes the script. Rob, put her on another Make coma. Rob. Right, Jennifer <laughs> going to have a worse <laughs> Put her on another coma. Jennifer Rose is about to get put through it. Boy, I mean, if Abigail don't, Abigail going to end up with some Rasta smoking. I mean, she, <laughs> Ron is petty. And you done pissed off one of the most militant people in daytime. And the fact that he's not saying anything is letting me know he gonna drag your ass in those scripts. Well, and, and I'm I gonna had, sit back there and watch. I had a thought about this because Ron has really given the character of Jennifer the best material in quite a long time. He's really rejuvenated the character He's freshened mm -hmm. her up. He's taken Jennifer back to his, her roots. And once again, I found Melissa Reeves watchable. But after this, I can't watch her. You know, I'm going through these classic episodes of Days of Our Lives right now where Melissa is being played very heavily. And that's even hard for me to watch. And on some of those scenes, I skip over. <laughs> and... It's just too much, and I can't imagine what that cast is feeling, knowing that pretty soon they're going to get a call to go back into production later in the year. I want to be there. I want to be there. I want to be a fly on the wall. Yes. I don't want to be a fly on the wall. I'm going to be sitting right there. I'm like, let me paint sets. Let me do something. Let me, you know, copy those scripts in the printer. Whatever. 
I just want to do something. Uncle Ron, you can take my phone. I just want to watch. I'm not going to tweet nothing. I won't even put it on video. I just want to watch. I just want to follow Lamone around because I already know. Lamone and Lindsay, I know where that smoke is coming from, baby. And I am boy. And Marcy, too. Don't forget Marcy. Marcy's coming back. And, oh. And Sal, Sal, when, when, when oh, Sal, Sal, yes. Sweet Sal, sweet Sal, whoo. Missy, girl, you in danger. You fucked up. <laughs> oh, Celeste, you, you in danger, darling. Danger. You should have sat there and ate your lunch, girl. That's they all really I should You should have <laughs> sat there with your chicken and your watermelon and your ghetto in, clown. In, and in, your your in the woods of Tennessee, wherever the fuck you live, you should have shut your mouth. I have to go back to what Dee said, because there are Trump supporters in my family as well. But overall, you know, my biggest thing is that Missy does have the right to an opinion, but we also have the right to justify what is right and come after her. And the fact that her daughter wanted to hop in this conversation, oh my God, let me tell you, that is a child who hasn't been spanked before. Don't be dealing with growing folks' business. Let your mother mm -hmm. come be the racist she wants to be. Let her do it so we can come for her. Because um, now Ellen, we're going to drag you and your mama. <laughs> oh, soap Twitter. Soap Twitter has been uh, something else. Well, she still follows me on Twitter. Oh. She does. <laughs> Alan, please speak on that because you were cracking me up when you said I'll retweet your tweet for her. <laughs> yes. She's really on Twitter now, but she still follows me. So I retweeted what you tweeted. I dragged her simpleton daughter on there. And yeah, it's just so fucking stupid. Stupid. She's been through this before with a chick play shit. She's a masochist. She's like Ingo Rademacher. She like getting dragged. Like Ingo comes up on there. He, I guess he's bored and he just needs something to do. He just, he likes getting dragged. But this chick has already been through it, and she's already People been like bust a hard nut to getting dragged. Like Ingo loves getting dragged. Dia, I bet he loves he attention. Listen to our podcast, and he was in that bathroom just going to town on himself. Like, please talk about me more, please. <laughs> uh, cancel me. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm and Carter. I can see King Corday like sitting at home with Sherry. And, you know, reading his book and, you know, looking at pictures of Betty and Ted and being like, oh, things have gone so great for days on their hiatus. And then he gets his Google alert and he's like, God damn it, Missy, God damn it. Time for Jack Jennifer to move to Africa. <laughs> With Mike and Robin and all the JJ. rest of the day's characters. Because, <laughs> you know, if you want days, you're going to Africa. <laughs> See, going to South Africa. They're they going to send her to South Africa where, you know, the Dutch slavers were the worst slavers in the history of the free world. So that would make sense. Go with your people. Bye. Well, not um. diversity today's. Diversity today's is sending characters to Africa. So. <laughs> Wait a minute. They did that to Bonnie on the Vampire Diaries. Stop that. Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I'm like, Wait a minute. Wait a minute here. I don't well, know. They, they couldn't just wait to fire Melissa until the next, like, regime change or renewal. That's usually when they fire people on the show, so I doubt they're going to fire her right away. Maybe in six months, they'll fire her ass. 
But well, unfortunately, I'm probably that Asher Bell is getting a boot because they're trying to pack I don't want him, him to, but like you said, Alan, Ken loves firing him. It's and, his fetish. Yeah. Ugh. That's his thing. But I feel like, I feel like Melissa is getting dragged. Ingo needs to get dragged, too. Uh, Steve Burton got they all gotta get dragged. That, you know what? You need to. If you say problematic stuff, then you deserve to get dragged. And I don't care if you are one of my favorites. You need to get dragged. And I mean, I feel really exactly. bad about this because I love. I, if when you meet her in person, and if you didn't look at social media, you would have no clue how Missy really feels on the inside. You would have zero clue and I'm saying this from real life experience you would have no clue that she's a Candace Owen liking type person if you met her in person like not a clue it's hidden very well and that's the one thing I can say about COVID-19 it is it is exposing everybody yeah. well and you know I just want our listeners to know that we are a podcast that explores so much. You know, we try to explore and cover all of daytime. And I just feel that as long as I will be on this panel, and I know that as long as you guys will be on this panel, we're going to talk about it. You know, we are not going to shy away like the other podcast did about the Ingo situation, because we are going to talk about our real feelings about this, because people need to be held accountable for the actions that they are choosing to carry out because Melissa might want to be up Trump's ass all day long, make America great again, whatever, but it is not the country that I want to live in. And it's not the country the majority of people want to live in. And she needs to know that. And same with Ingo and same with anybody else who thinks it's okay to show that to the world because it's not it's okay to have your opinion it's okay to support who you want politically but as soon as you make the switch to what melissa and ingo have then you've got to be prepared for the consequences Mm -hmm. and be prepared to get your edges snatched amen she couldn't even do a no sap statement or anything it's pathetic she says it's shit to send her daughter out there to speak for I'm pissed about that. Me too. Her daughter, I'm sorry. Melissa. Hmm. Muzzle your, your daughter. Muzzle your daughter. Muzzle your daughter's her. pathetic, yeah. And I'm sorry, but mm. <sighs> mm, mm. Um, this is not a good look. <laughs> no, it is not. And it's not a good look for days in the middle of being shut down in production like all the other shows having a pending lawsuit when the courts open back up, having Melissa going on like this. I mean, Days is looking, and especially with their ratings, not even getting so much as a 100,000 people boost when they're the only soap showing new episodes and really the only television program showing new episodes. Days is in a very problematic state right now to the point where I can see NBC being like, that into existence we just gonna be happy that we get the alani wedding thank you very much yes Uh, amen 
The first black, black couple man. to be married on this I show. I could not believe when they and said that. And I could not believe that. Because I was like, did Abe Alexi get married? No, because they got married. When Abe came back, he had mentioned that he and Lexi already got married. So they had gotten married off screen um, by like 1991 or something like that. James Reynolds has been on that show for 37 years. He hasn't had one on-screen wedding on that whole time he's been on that show. Not they one. They don't care about Abe that much, really. They don't. I'm like, oh, that's sad. And I, I never even I cared for Abe and Lexi as a couple. They were just the only two black <gasps> people in Salem, and they put them together. Did you just say, It's yeah, true. Though. It's true. It's true. Because even not. as a little kid, I always <laughs> thought Abe was too old for Lexi, and she was always cheating on him. Yeah, Lexi was always cheating on And then, I, then, then we, we got to look at Tech, and I was just like, oh, should I cheat on him too? Shit. <laughs> Where is Jane Reynolds? Do you I find their Twitter handles, James? Because y'all know you, you ride real hard for Renette. Yeah, it wasn't me. That's all I'm saying. So, I mean, you know, I love you. Well, I'm watching these, you know, old days episodes, and it's a different Lexi right now. Um, mm-hmm. It's the months leading up to Renee taking over that role. And I noticed this very vast difference in how Lexi is written from when I first saw her to this other woman playing her. Lexi is so buttoned up, housewife, like, but, you know, you got Marlena like hunching a different man that's not her husband and Lexi's like oh Abe's been shot would you like a piece of cake like I mean she is so cut and dry that it's annoying and uh, I mean but that that was that was always kind of Lexi and then they made her a little hoish when Jonah came around but like then they made her Lexi's shining moment Mm -hmm. was the baby switch yeah yeah she found out that that motherfucking baby was that (laughs) <laughs> and she had to keep that baby from born hope. <laughs> Renee Jones did the work of her mother. Oh, I miss yeah. Renee Jones. That great, was my great. favorite storyline. She said, I'm going to keep work. this little white baby. I don't care. <laughs> he got Indian in his family. Right. I don't care. Uh, uh, he got a little Jerry curl right there. That's, that's that, was when, that was when the, the, the Mara and Lexi came out and just came out okay. play. And I but was like, yes. Fuck that. I'm just, this <laughs> is Isaac, goddammit. This is Isaac Carver, goddammit. He well, all him. I'm saying is Zach didn't die under Lexi's watch, so take that hope. Just stay with her. He would he would have lived. Yeah, I'm but hey, serious, hey, Alan. but hey, Zach oh. Cornia, Zach Cornia saved A, so Lexi got her money's worth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> Lexi's got her money. Oh God. So we're watching the Alani wedding live, right? Oh, oh yes, yeah. of course. I, yes, yes. I yes. am going to tune in. Are you that for what? And they gave them the big home. church set instead of a blue eye. And they better have this baby. They better have this baby. They're gonna have. I don't want no more. Bron, don't fucking play with me on another baby death with with, with Eli and and Lonnie. I don't want to see that no more. Okay. They let better them, have a little girl. Let them be happy. Let them be happy. Give them some. You could. They could be a good. They could be married and still have story, Ron. Okay? And I'm you happy that we're gonna see. Vanessa Williams and Marilyn Miku return. I'm very I'm happy excited. for that. I wish they I'm would excited. keep Vanessa. I'm so excited we go get some black people. Yes. <laughs> oh, black people in Salem. Did you ever think you'd see the day? <laughs> it only yes. took 54 years. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> 
I tell you what, Salem is one of those towns that reminded me so much of my hometown. I'm like, yep, that's it. <laughs> I'm so sad for you. Oh, I was sad for me too. Let me tell you. Okay, <laughs> quick story tangent. So when I moved to Michigan, I we moved to Mount Pleasant, Michigan when I was 13. And it was such a culture shock to me that I was going to school with more than one black person, that I was going to school with a foreign exchange student from Germany, and that I was going to school with my dear friend Isra, who I love, um, who is Muslim. Um, and it's so weird. And then, you know, when I came back home, I really saw a major change for the better. And I was like, oh my God, you know, this town has never gotten out of the white bubble that it lives in. But, you know, that's, that's Burden, Illinois for you. You know, a bunch of white people and a bunch of men. Um, and it can carry on. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, D, uh, where can they find you on Twitter? They can find me at TMZ Diddy. All righty. And Rodrigo, where can they find you? You can find me at Rodrigo's World 81. And the man who has yet to get a haircut by a professional, Tiggs, where can they find you? <laughs> well, damn. <laughs> you can find me at the best 11985, and I'm still fine. My man ain't complaining. That's because he gets never mind. I'm not gonna say anything. <laughs> yeah, he's seeing some other hair on your body that I'm sure he's fine. With. I was not gonna say he's showing the fuck fine with oh. like them Afro puffs. Eh. Oh, it's so hard being the token straight on this show. <laughs> the token, yeah, for once it's the token straight girl. <laughs> <laughs> it's like an episode of the L word. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And then the loveliest man of them all, Alan, where can they find you on Twitter? Lovely. I wore a rat face, but whatever. I'll take it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, you can find me at Alice Rappa, being rat faced and stuff like that. And you can find me at Melissa underscore Reeves. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. You can find me at KTSH, and you can find our show on Twitter and Facebook at the chat underscore podcast. Have oh a my God. Have a good night, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to this special episode of the chat. We will see you later this Ellen, year. you ain't rat face, baby. You just a little rat. That's all. <laughs> Bye, y'all. Goodbye. Stay safe still. COVID Bye. still Bye. Wear your mask. Wear your mask. Mask. Wear your mask. Mask are your friends. Wash your hands oh, okay. and stay the fuck away from me. Thank <laughs> you. Oh, it's Katie the rat face. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.